Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire with lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates a rainbow this is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. Black Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state because it's not quite safe. Evil back in this motherfucker. Let me bring on my uh, co-host right quick so we can go ahead and get this on the way because we got a good show for you. So, yeah, let it be known. Hi, everyone. This is M. Um, and today we are having a very special show. It's our very first M and Evil interview. Yep. Yep. Damn, Skippy. We got um very um very good person. A very and uh, intelligent uh, 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 friend of mine who's uh, a member and co-organizer of uh, Black Atheists of Philadelphia. And um, you can find them on Meetup and Facebook and, you know, all about, you know, um, great organization so far. And um, I dabble in there every now and then. And um, 
we think this is going to be a pretty good interview because uh, we're talking to someone who, just like you and me, an atheist who doesn't believe, but isn't on talk shows and writing books and has three PhDs, so they talk <laughs> above your head, you know, stuff like but that. But she is very, very intelligent and a very great lady. Um. Our 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 first interviewee is going to be Miss Jen Taylor. Um, we hope to get a few more on the show for the month of November. October is going to be a little bit clutter. We're going to do a certain show discussing um, cults and occult and um, sci-fi um, and horror films. So that's going to be great. But um, we will get back to interviewing. <laughs> In November. Right now, though, we yep. really want to jump into this interview, and um, we will not be accepting callers for the first hour of the show because we really want to get some of these questions knocked out of the way before anybody else calls in. Um, we really do love hearing from you guys, but we really do want to get through a lot of these questions before we have any callers. Exactly. So, um, um, would you like to present our well, guest? Sure, sure, sure. That's what I mean. Hey, Jen Taylor, go ahead and talk to us. How you doing? What's going on? Great to be on the show. I feel honored and thrilled to be interviewed. And how are you doing on this beautiful evening? I'm doing really good. How are you doing, Mario? I'm making it. Sitting here with some cashews and chilling. Oh, cashews wow. and chilling. That's cool because I'm chilling my ears. I'm chilling too. <laughs> All right, that's great to hear. So, um, Jen, without any further ado, I'm going to jump right into the interview questions. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um, first question I have is, um, what is your religious background, if any, and how long have you been an atheist? Well, um, I've identified as an agnostic for several years. And then as an atheist for a while, um, I'm also, I also consider myself a secular humanist. Um, I basically lead a life that's not governed by theism. Um, I encourage and support activity that promotes the greater good, regardless of creed, race, orientation. Um, I grew up in a home where um, I was exposed to two religions. Um, Dad is a Baptist and Mom's a Jehovah's Witness. So mm-hmm. you can imagine what, <laughs> what that was like. Oh, yeah. My grandma's Jehovah's Witness. Attending both church and, and, well, wow, wow. Attending both church and the Kingdom Hall, you know, so. So hold on, hold on, hold on. You said your, mother, your father was a Baptist and your mother was a Jehovah's Witness? Yes. See, all I heard in that was I was in church all weekend. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah! First service, second service, third service, revival night, choir Saturday night, night yeah, Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, thing, you didn't it's even cut. get to have cartoons and stuff. Oh right. wow! It was, out every it, was, it was definitely it was definitely um, entertaining and interesting at some sometimes. You know, sitting in um, sitting in church and seeing people catch the spirit and uh oh, Lord. <laughs> whatever that Lord. is. That is that's I'm hilarious. So I never saw the shaking, any the shaking hey, screaming, it is a sight to see. 
running up and down the aisle, screaming, yelling. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was sitting there as a child yeah. wondering, well, whatever whatever jumped on them, I hope it doesn't jump on me. <laughs> my my homeboy and myself would sit there and watch that and be like, what the hell is going on? You know, cause, <laughs> like you said, people are screaming and hollering, jumping up and convulsing, and it's the same women every damn Sunday. The oh, same, wow. it's the same middle-aged black woman every every mm-hmm. every Sunday. Exactly. So, um, exactly. Could, and uh, going clear, to the you, um, Hall, it was more laid back. I mean, it was more yeah. quiet and peaceful, and quiet. Um, there was no windows right. in the place, no pictures, nothing. It's they're basically uh, built like wet boxes. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So just to be, uh, just to be uh, uh, clear, um, could you explain to us right quick uh, what secular humanism is? Um, well, you know, basically it's being being concerned for uh, humanity at large, and um, I'm very involved in community service and uh, equal rights and uh, secular issues uh, related to separation in ter- of church and state. Um, so that's that's basically it. Okay. Well, piggybacking off of that, the next question is, what is or what were or are the direct causes of your disbelief? How did you come to fall away from any religion or even feelings of Gnosticism to be, to becoming an atheist? Well, um, I don't have a direct cause, so to speak. It's been more of an evolution of through thought, study, and exposure to just so many contradictions and blatant fallacies that um, some of the religious leaders have presented to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember really sitting in sitting in church and, you know, asking questions during Sunday schools and or sitting in Bible studies and being given um, absurd answers to my questions. Um, for instance, um, I remember, you know, be, having a Bible study with the, one of the Jehovah's Witnesses, and we were talking about the flood. And so um, I asked about, you know, well, what, what was the purpose of dinosaurs, something general. And, you know, because, I mean, Mario probably knows, uh my book of Bible stories has very uh, graphic oh, yeah. images um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, about, you know, and, and that that scene is depicted with people drowning, animals dro- drowning, mm-hmm. people crying. And, and um, you know, I asked about dinosaurs, and, you know, this woman told me, oh, well, dinosaurs were created to flatten the earth so humans could walk upon it and, once they, once God was done with them, they became extinct. So hold on, pause, pause, pause. I want to break in. I want to break in right quick. I want to break in right quick. Uh, the uh, the uh, chat room is having some technical issues, so if you can't okay. type into the chat room or anything like that, uh, we're still live. You can still hear us. You know, just um, if it's giving any problems with with the audio from the uh, desktop desktop app, uh, just Call in and just listen to us. Don't press one because we're going to try. We're trying to get Jen Taylor everything that um, we want to discuss with Jen Taylor. So the number is three one zero nine eight two forty two seventy three to get through. 
<laughs> okay. Go, go yeah, ahead. I was ahead. just well, what I was about to say was so this lady basically is saying that the purpose of dinosaurs was to do to the earth what small children and well me what I do to um, bubble wrap and flatten it so that it would be easier for us to get around. Is that what you're saying? And they just so, missed the mountain. So Right. So I, my next question was, well, you know, I see these people drowning in the book. You know, is that what? I mean, what's going to happen when God is done with us? You know, um, you know, I really, mm-hmm. I, I just thought that that was um, disturbing, and that was, I was about six at that time, and that was the beginning of my, um, you know, thought toward my, the beginning of my skeptic, skepticism towards. Um, religion and you know sitting in church and with um Sunday school I would ask questions um you know by the time I was by the time I was uh 14 I had read the bible from cover to cover and mm-hmm. about one and a half times and I would talk about different contradictions and I would say well this chapter versus this or this chapter versus that and they would just look at yeah. me and say you know what just just have faith sister you know like Pray on it, and you know those those answers are just not sufficient. You know, so that was exactly. I I, I remember reading that my book of Bible stories, which which was surprised to shout at you. It's a children's book, right? And um, yes. I see similar books in about every doctor's office, every car shop that I go to. It's like there's a book, a children's book, and if you flip through it, the scenes of massacres and colorful children's type uh, colors and everything. It's like, but it's okay because they deserve it, you know. It's you know, it's Mario, okay. It's, it's... <laughs> do you remember a few months ago I told you there was a graphic novel version of the Bible? Oh yeah, yeah. And I told you to go. I told you, I told you, I went to Walmart. I saw the graphic novel version of the Bible, and it's the Bible in really amazing, vivid. Portrayal. It's seriously disturbing, but the sort of thing that would appeal to any teenage boy or man or woman, for that matter, who's into graphic novels. Um, they're pretty much doing anything to pull an audience now. And believe me, if you think it's disturbing in those children's books, you haven't seen anything yet. Wow, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious about um, you know, the the scene with um Lot and his wife and. You know what happens later on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's my next question for you. Um, how has your perception of humanity, religion, and the religious people in your life, such as friends, family, and coworkers, changed since becoming an atheist? Not really. Um, I'm very fortunate to have people in my life who really love me and accept me regardless of whether our belief systems are different. Um, I tend to live and let live for the most part. You know, just I encourage and support those around me, and, you know, I have people who who do the same. Um, I'm committed to the community, and I have both non-theists and theist friends and family who do the same thing. Um, Another thing is that I've always been you know, kind of the oddball in my family, always questioned, always different, thought differently. So atheism is just one other thing to add to the list for them, really. Okay. Well, how have your feelings on religion changed? I know when you are religious, you feel one way about religion. How do you feel about religion the way it's impacting um, 
you know, our culture specifically, um, humanity and planet Earth as a whole? Well, um, right now, I mean, it's just, I mean, I have serious, I have serious concerns about, you know, you know, how it affects um, how children are reared and uh, critical thinking skills, encouraging critical thinking skills, um, harm towards children, um, people being told, let go, let God. Um, yeah. I feel like if a... Push. If you want to, if you want to believe in in something, hey, you know, you have a you have a you have a right to believe in it, but I don't have to agree with those beliefs. But Absolutely. when you're stepping on my toes, when you're stepping on my toes, and you're saying that, oh well, you know, you know, God told me to do this, or you know, using that as a means to manipulate and control people and kill people. Um, and harm and maim people. I mean, it's it's disgusting, you know, what's going on with it. But, you know, the people yeah. who are just generally, you know, practicing their religion, but you know, kind of treat me fairly, and I treat them fairly. I'm I'm go, I'm okay with them. Gotcha. It is it is a fine line to try to walk to respect, you know, not be a dick and try to tell people roll your eyes every time someone says something but to also respect them because they're going to have their, their different viewpoints on something. And even if even if you have the same belief, you're going to have a different viewpoint about something either way it goes. So I try to keep that in mind, even though when I see push, pray until something happens, I'm like, oh. <laughs> push, you see. Face palm there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or um, torque. You know, they've hijacked torque now. Torque now really. True worshippers, true worshippers, oh, 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 okay. empowering, <laughs> true worshippers, true worshippers, and reaching and reaching the kingdom. Yeah, oh, no, Miley Cyrus on tour again. <laughs> Are you guys twerking? Probably not. You've got the seasons. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I gotta get our instructional video. <laughs> right? Ah uh, man, that <laughs> is horrible. <laughs> Things like that are mildly irritating to me, but I, you know, the, again, they're just mildly irritating. And like Jen said, I feel that people should be able to believe whatever they want to believe. The problem comes in when someone asks me to respect their religion and their religion is an affront to humanity and to human rights. Then we have a problem. Right. <laughs> um, all right, on to the next question. Do you think that current... Um, new atheists, or just atheists in general, should be more vocal about their rejection of faith in our society, or do you think that we should make an effort to be more moderate in our language and our tone um, and in our activities to show respect to the religious people in our lives? Well, um, I'm not well-versed on exactly what the quote-unquote new atheist movement's agenda is. Um, However, I'm mindful, and that in some cases I am the first black female atheist that some people have ever met. And I'm also mindful of the fact that what I say to them may either open up constructive dialogue or set the tone for how they approach conversations with atheists in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, someone's coming to me 
um, asking me some general questions and, you know, being respectful towards me. I mean, I could have a conversation with them and share some things with them, but if they're coming at me like, yeah, you're going straight to hell and, you know, you handle that a different a different way. Mm, I got do, you. Do you think I, mean, um, I, I do with right. that. Um, go ahead, Mario. Do you do you think um, the uh, the idea of the angry atheist? I mean, do you think we need that type of uh, that type of attitude? Because I see we do have. I mean, religion has caused a lot of problems, and you know, I get that in everything. But do we? Is it better that we take the MLK approach and be and gradually kind of work our way into this whole thing? or the direct approach, as the angry atheists would probably suggest, and just be very loud, very vocal, very direct, and challenge every single thing we can. I mean, is there a happy medium that can that we can have for this whole thing? It really, it really depends. It really depends upon your audience. Um, you know, like if I am with a say, I'm out with you know discussing religion with my family member, a family member. I'm not going to be angry, belligerent, and try to be, you know, disrespectful to them. You know, um, I'll try to calmly explain exactly what my views are and have that dialogue with them. But at the same time, if they're telling, if they're telling, um, you know, children, forcing them to uh, stand up and, you know, pledge allegiance and say under God and you know, against their will without them, you know, having a choice in the matter or, you know, forcing prayer in school or, you know, you know, things of that things of that nature, then I have an issue with it. That's where someone should speak out. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. And you know, um something you said really um something that I've been thinking about for quite some time really hit home with me. When especially when we're talking about black atheists a lot of us are the first black atheists that a lot of people will ever meet. Um, you know, you and Mara and I are open about it. Not everyone is, um, but we are the first black atheists that a lot of people we meet know of who are black atheists. And it really does color the way that they interact with other atheists. I mean, obviously we can't do anything about people's prejudices, Um and bigotry toward atheists. But if they have some false um, preconceptions, we can do something to eradicate that and, you know, enlighten them as to, you know, the fact that we are normal people who simply don't believe in deities and and the like. So um, I definitely definitely agree with that. Next question is, do you think that, for, for those who are not open, that the fear um, of being open about being an atheist and the stigma of being an atheist in society will ever become a non-issue? No, I do not. Um, Many people have told me that it was easier for them to come out as gay or lesbian than it was to share their um, non-beliefs. You know, on a weekly basis, I receive... um, emails, text messages, and calls from people that I know who struggle with this and fear the loss of their livelihood and relationships Mm -hmm. with family and friends. And, 
as risky as it is, I do believe that it will become easier. Um, but you know, as it stands now, it's very it's very hard. But I did feel excited and empowered um, in, within the last year because when I went to the Reason Rally, there was about forty thousand members of the Free Thought community mm-hmm. represented yeah. at the Reason Rally in D.C. last year. Right. Yay. right. <laughs> yes. That was awesome. That was awesome. Many, many black atheists and allies showed up for the Blackout Secular Rally that was this past July. And right here in Pennsylvania, we had the Pennsylvania State Atheist Humanist Conference. And, you know, that was planned by the Free Thought Society, Lancaster Free Thought Society, Philadelphia Coalition of Reason, and Pennsylvania Nonbelievers. And, you know, we're here, you know, and it's just, it's a movement that's growing, and yeah. you know it's exciting to become to be a part of it. And there is strength right. in numbers. Yeah. Right. I remember I going to the Des Moines uh, Atheist Convention, uh, my first Atheist Convention. There were like maybe ten black people there total, and then coming to right. the Reason Rally the next year, and there was just an explosion of athe- atheists of color there, and um, there's a lot more representation. You know, um, I really, I mean, then we'll see the uh, the, uh, the blackout rally, and then the uh, what you what you were just talk, discussing with Philadelphia, and then there are more opportunities. There are more things coming up. I'm hearing a lot of things from uh, friends like uh, um, Kim, who's a uh, um, black free thinkers and whatnot, Nakomi Taylor out of uh, uh, Black Skeptics of L.A., and all across the board, black non-believers of Atlanta, and you got so many different. Little uh, different little organizations were slowly really expanding outside of all that and incorporating so many more people. It's not just about it's not just about having small niches for people to feel comfortable. It's also about forming alliances and strengthening bonds, and then you know. A comment at a lot of stuff. You don't even have to really attack every single issue, as long as you let people know we're here, we're in force, and we're not going to be silent about everything. We're letting you know that we are here. There are alternatives to where the status quo is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, exactly. I asked this um, question actually. Um, the reason I asked this question was because I don't know if Mario, you saw this video circulating, but it was a couple. Weeks ago, um, a black YouTuber made a video about, you know, where are all these black atheists coming from? And these black atheists ain't shit, part of my language. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mm-hmm. their yeah. point was... Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's a funny thing, too, because, you know, people, especially black people, you know, not out of 10, when somebody is told that I'm an atheist, the question is, is he black? You know, and it you know, I get that more get that question more more often than, you know, why are you an atheist or how what made you become an atheist? And I would mm-hmm. I would rather have those discussions as to so you can understand why I am an atheist versus being kind of treated as though and I'm a, I'm an anomaly that you should ignore because you don't you don't understand. You don't even want to try to understand. Yeah, it was so weird for me, I remember, when I first came out as an atheist because, um, you know, it's not something that I, I, I felt the need to hide. I didn't 
I I had reached a point where I I've been very religious my whole life. I reached a point where I didn't believe anymore. I didn't see anything wrong with with you know making it known. You know I didn't I didn't push it on anyone, but it was something that I spoke of openly um, via social media. And if the topic of religion came up in social situations, and it was always a, a scene that I noticed where. It was always, and I, again, I didn't come from a very charismatic religious community. I was Roman Catholic, and it was okay. very somber. It was like the rolling around in the aisles, making, um, you know, making a spectacle of myself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the people from my Catholic background didn't really have much to say about it. I'm actually still friends with just about everyone from my old church, um, That's things like that. It was a situation where it was people that were the most religious, religious like um, acquaintances that I had that were like Baptist or Pentecostal, or the ones that had formerly claimed to be agnostic that had the most shoot it, and um, you know would say things like, "Oh, well, you think you're here now, blah blah blah," because you don't believe anymore. It was it was kind of those, one of those things. I'm like, where is this even coming from? You know, these agnostics were uh, were were okay with the label of agnosticism, and the the more charismatic religious friends I had were perfectly fine with that label. But all of a sudden, my being an atheist somehow made everyone upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but everyone so. everyone has everyone has their own path, you know. And you know, I respect that everyone has their own path and you know, makes their own choices. I mean, just as I started out being skeptical and not really religious and, you know, kind of, you know, directed in conflicting directions um, as I was coming up, I mean, it's just, you know, it was a process. I mean, just as, you know, I was agnostic, I thought, well, you know, back back when I was, you know, just pure agnostic, I thought, well, uh, if there's something out there, you know, I can't confirm nor deny the existence of a God, but, you know, if there is, that entity should be hunted down and destroyed, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had that kind of, that kind of, that kind of view. And what ended up happening was, you know, there is no entity out there. And, you know, we we can, we are here for each other and, you know, that's, that's that's it. This is it. This is this is it for us. <laughs> so I'm very um, satisfied with that. But some people that are unsatisfied about their own path, or you know, have questions or or anger and issues, sometimes they're projecting that onto you. Yeah. You know, sometimes it really sometimes their to animosity isn't about right. Sometimes their animosity isn't about you know. Specifically, you or what you're saying, it could be the inner turmoil that they feel. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I meet people who I've met people who claim to be even claim to be atheists that still believe something's out there, or you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, or intelligent design, and I don't. In my book, that's not Karma, karma—that's the one I can't get away from. If another atheist word about karma, I will slit my wrist. Karma and astrology—those are my biggest, like, oh Mm -hmm. lord. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, 
Wow, yeah, conspiracy theories. How about those? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I bet the Illuminati is listening to this conversation right now. No, we are the Illuminati. Right. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Let me get Jay-Z on the phone. <laughs> See, so here's my next question for you, Jen. What do you think is or are the most dangerous aspects of religion and why? Okay. I think that Greta Christina summed it up well by stating the following, and I quote, I'm realizing that everything I've ever written about religion's harm boils down to one thing. It's this. Religion is ultimately dependent on belief in invisible things, in audible voices, intangible entities, undetectable forces, and events and judgments that will happen after we die. Therefore, there has no, therefore has no reality check. And mm-hmm. it therefore uniquely armored against criticism, questioning, and self-correction is uniquely armored against anything that might stop it from spinning into extreme absurdity, extreme denial of reality, and extreme grotesque immorality. Um, I would it's just never be able to remember every, all that. Huh? Mm-hmm. I would have never I mean, been able like, to remember all that. I mean, it's just that. <laughs> I mean, it's when you think of when you think about it, it's like everything that you don't have an explanation for, you know, related to what's going on to you in your life, what's going on, you know, um, scientifically. It's, a lot of people who don't have an explanation. It's just God. God is the answer. God is everything. You know, yeah. I'm waiting to God to speak. I'm waiting for God to speak to me, and I'm thinking, I've, I've directly challenge people and say, well, what does God's voice sound like? Is it Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Is it George Burns? I mean, really? I mean, like, what does he tell you? You, you know, know that, and quote, that quote reminds it, me of one of, well, not one of my favorites. It is the best um, atheist video ever produced, ever put on the web. It's still my favorite. I watch it at least once a month because it's just brilliant. Um, and it's called The Real God, an Epiphany, and it is the brainchild of the atheist YouTuber Dark Matter 2525. Oh, I, love in this video, I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and in this video, he pretty much says what you said, you know, um, I, how can I reject God? I don't see him. All I hear and know of him is your interpretation of him, which is different from another person's interpretation of him, which is why two believers of the same religion, the same denomination, can say that they agree with God but disagree with each other. The truth is God sounds like you. He agrees with most things you want to do. And when you hear his voice in your head, it's a a parody of your voice because God is just an extension of your own ego. Exactly. Right. You know, I'll, I'll I mean, sit there and I'll listen to people. If you talk to more than one theist, they'll they'll tell you, um, I don't believe in the Bible. I believe in God. I believe in these things in the Bible. I believe in God. I believe in, I don't believe in the Bible. I believe in God, but I believe he believes this. Those people are wrong. God means this. Everybody has their own micro uh, denomination for the that w- for what works for themselves. It's like mm-hmm. you took one book, everybody ran with a page from that book, 
and then from there everybody selected a paragraph from that book from that from each page to believe you know to believe in and it's like they all believe that they're pulling from the same resource, but then they reshape it to fit whatever they want to believe. And it's a lot of you know, it's it's an amazing thing that you can that you can do that that you can alter. You believe that this is the divine word of your God, the divine doctrine of your religion. Yet not only can you choose to reject it at will, you can choose to reject what you want to reject and not believe in other things, and also say that this gaze. Uh, or an abomination is literal fact, yet you eating shrimp, oh, no, he didn't really mean that. You're taking it out of context. Oh, and, yeah. So I think Leviticus chapter 11 and listen yeah. to the Yeah, homosexuality you know? is wrong, but there it says the people wearing mixed fibers and eating barbecue. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, maybe, uh, maybe God sounds something like this. Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, oh man, it's like I mean, and then when I think about it, like um, you know, black folk in this country, you know, a lot of us, um, our people were brought here in chains. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of what we were taught was forced upon us, you know, and right. passed down right. from generation to generation. And you know, I I could I am speaking about my direct ancestors here. I mean, when I, you know, when I thought about, you know, how we were forced into this and, and um, you know, I was wondering what was the reasoning behind this. I remember, like, thinking about, you know, studying about slavery and reading a lot and, um, you know, growing up. And, you know, I was like, did they want us to be their slaves in heaven? You know, you know, where did all yeah. these contributions come from? You know, how exactly does God- that work in heaven? Right. If God created everything, didn't evil evil come from God, too? Didn't evil come from God, too? You know, like, he says in the Bible, God says in the Bible, he says that. He's like, I am, I I create the lightness and the dark. I create both good and evil. He he says that. Like, I don't know why so many people ignore that. How is it love? I mean, what is, where's the love? You know, we're created so flawed, you know, in their opinions that we're created. I mean, how do you really love God when you have been motivated by fear of destruction and punishment in a manner that is very similar to how um, a battered wife would would be? Like like how battered wife syndrome is described. You know, he like, just reminded well, me of he, another. He video. loves me, but he beats me. He loves me. He's testing me. You know, and right. you know, I just, I don't. It doesn't compute. It just doesn't compute. I mean, and you know, when I ask these questions, and many others, I was told have faith, given ridiculous stories, and ask to pray for understanding. You know, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't see how a logical person can believe. Take take that take that book literally, and and believe it. You know, and you reminded me of something else that I saw a while ago. It was actually a black atheist. He used to make videos. He made about nine before he stopped making videos. Um, John mm-hmm. Easy, um, and um, he made this video called about I don't remember the title, but it was about the relationship between believers and God, and he compared the relationship to that of a pimp and one of his whores. And it was right. exactly what you're saying. 
he basically takes my money. Um, he 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 doesn't really do anything for me. But then he whispers in my ear occasionally that he loves me, and that makes everything all right. Um, mm-hmm. So this inspired another question. It wasn't on the list that I already sent you, but I feel I must ask: In what ways do you think that religion is harmful specifically to the black community? It's it's harmful specifically to the black community. Yeah, like in what way is it uniquely harmful to us that that as far as the what it does to believe, black people psychologically or financially or whatever? I think that I think that um, it was psychologically damaging to us to be here in bondage, and then okay, um, we're we're freed, but then okay, what do you do now? You know, we can't we can't expect to. We couldn't expect to start out the same economically as every you know other ethnicities have in this country. You know we can't we can't have expected that um, the turmoil that we went through would just disappear um, without you know some sort of professional help. A lot of us in our community do not seek professional help. I know I know of several people who rather who would sooner go see their pastor that got their certificate from through mail order before they actually go and see um a trained professional. You know, it's uh, a lot of those a lot of a lot of things that we could do to help ourselves, you know, it's frowned upon and I don't think that some people know any better or know any different. And that is definitely damaging and harmful, you know, okay, to us two, as a people. Two things, two things. One, I find it to be, you know, an amazing thing that you're you're going to tell someone that this loving God says that you are defective from the outset, from the very moment of your birth, you are already fucked up, and that you have to go on this lifelong doctrine of reading this book and practicing these ways in order to gain any ounce of God's love and forgiveness, and you're only going to get whatever reward that comes from that after you die. Which is the most ridiculous thing is like like you said the battered wife syndrome is like a person must be beaten down in order to know their place or something like that. You are already telling this person that they're screwed up. And the second thing I want to say is we have Kim on the line. The only exception to the do not call um, time frame for right now. Because it's her I show. Love how, can, how can I tell? How can I tell my boss? Not the month, like the month of the call. How can I tell my boss? Uh, yeah. Hey, babies, how what, are you all today? What's good? What's good? How are things in Chicago? It's all well, Jen. I wanted to welcome you to Black Free Thinkers, and M and Mario, they're doing a wonderful job. I just wanted to kind of piggyback on what Mario just said about religious people. I was calling in for something else, but I'll just piggyback on that to keep you all on topic here. What's interesting is, um, you know, what he just stated. Well, let's add to that. Let's let's take it one step further. What's interesting within the religious community is the classism and the elitism. So you'll hear them say that they're blessed and highly favored while denying the fact that there's religious privilege, you know, in the community. So while they're saying they're blessed and highly favored, yet they're still in some ways putting other people down because they're blessed and favored while other people are still suffering, and they don't realize how self-absorbed they are. 
And that's an agreement just kind of, you know, um, tethering that was something that um, Jen had said earlier regarding, you know, things being passed down through the generations, that guilt, shame, and fear that's also been passed down. And, yeah, I believe that health care definitely um, needs to be advocated, you know, not only in the black Christian community, but also the black secular community, because some of the same issues that I saw on that side of the equation with the religionists, I'm seeing the same thing on the side with the secularists, you know, and, you know, I believe that it's just a state of the human condition. So with that said, I just wanted to welcome you to the show. I wanted to add on to what you guys said. I want them to add a question on to their list for you. And that question would be, where would you like to see the black secular community five years from now? And thank you. You all have a good show. Thank you. All right. Love you, Kim. <laughs> love you too, baby. <laughs> um, where do I see the black secular community five years from now? Um, well, um, I have only physically met black atheists for the first time face-to-face just last year. And literally, I mean, actually, I met them, and within a couple weeks, I was at the Reason Rally. Um, I, I really, I really don't know um, where we're going to be five years from now, other than continuing to grow. Um, I definitely want to have a hand in making sure that awareness is out and making um, other Black folks feel comfortable in coming out and sharing. And you know, I'm not really I'm not really sure about where it's going to be five years from now. But I mean, I do expect it to be bigger and stronger than it is now. Awesome, 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 awesome. This is going right, going quite well, quite well. And what else you got on the on the list, Mike? Oh shit! Did I am drop off? Oh, she's still here. Jen, you still there? Yes. Yeah. Where the hell did them go? Oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. My, Damn, uh, I know, my, phone, my, my phone dropped the call, and I pressed the one to get back in like 10 minutes ago before Kim called. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was oh, just paying attention. I didn't you know you were going to be like, whatever. You're trying to hijack the show and take it for yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my next oh, question, since Jen is an exodus, <laughs> is what are some aspects, or are there any aspects, of your former religion or religious life or religious community that you miss? Why or why not? Well, um, I don't miss church. I, yeah, I wouldn't if I, I didn't like it. I don't miss. <laughs> I don't miss being. I don't miss. Um, you know, being um, involved in religion. Um, my last. My last church experience consisted of being a member of a justice council at the Unitarian Church. I mean, although I I did enjoy being a part of that, I enjoyed the talks, the workshops, and interactions with the congregation. But, you know, when the congregation appointed a new minister, she seemed too uh, Christian for me, which was a total turnoff, and I stopped going. But 
what I did get was, um, you know, that they were interested in social justice. So that could be done, that could be had within the um, secular community. You know, in fact, I'm involved in, in those issues within the secular community. And as far as camaraderie and interaction, um, Black Atheists of Philadelphia, this is it's a social group. It's a chance for us to interact. I mean, um, we have a lot of fun. You know, we've um, we've had, like, uh, trips to the art museum to hear music, um, a road trip to the secular rally, um, kind of like chat and choose, hang out. Um, and then coming up, we have an event um, for, you know, a walk for uh, leukemia and lymphoma that's coming up as well. So not only are we committed to the community, but we also engage in a lot of social interaction as well. Let me ask a question, though. Um, do, you feel like a, a, do you feel like a group, an atheist group, has a responsibility to be more than just a social group, or do you think that activist groups and social groups both have their places? I believe that I believe that both have um, a place. I think it's it's not about the individual group and one group that encompasses everything. It's about the movement. It's about several groups working together in order to um, meet the needs of of the society and socialization is definitely a major part of that. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I was in church, there were people that were involved in the church, um, you know, church groups and church volunteering and church services, and there were people that just came to the church services. And, you know, you need a, you need a balance of both. Not everyone can or should do everything. Well, and I mean, I... I mean, as it stands now, I mean, as it stands now, I host events. I attend several atheists and humanist group meetings and events. I get different things from each one. Um, I've, I've actually thought that it would be great to have all the wonderful aspects of the many groups more centralized, but it would take away from the uniqueness and diversity of the movement at large, you know, Um I'd love to see us actually become more active in the political arena. You know, um, yeah, that would be nice. Mm, yeah. have, it would be nice. I mean, I mean, last last that I checked, there's seven states that do not even allow atheists to hold public office. That is something that has to change. Oh, definitely. And it'd you be know, nice not to have exactly. two, two religious nuts every election. Right. Well, I would like to see a lot more diversity and. The major, the major uh, atheist groups that I'm seeing that are spearheading a lot of the challenges to a lot of the rules and, and um, laws that we have and everything, um, I would like to see a little bit more diversity with them, you know. And that's, I think, that's you know one reason why a lot of black people that I've know, I've known feel more comfortable in our groups because you have like American atheists who, yeah, they're doing good things. They're taking, they're taking the fight to a lot of these. Uh, um, these issues and whatnot, but it is not really rep- they don't really represent our communities, you know. Because this, I mean, how many people of color are even on their leadership teams or anything like that? Or heavily involved in in um, making their policies or whatever they do and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on them. 
because I enjoyed my time when I when I came there and whatnot. But I would like to see a little bit more, you know, diversity in the secular movement. Yeah, I completely well, agree. I mean, I think that it's. I, I mean, I could definitely agree with seeing more, wanting to see more diversity um, within the movement. Um, you know, a lot of times I, I might be, you know, maybe one of a few um, black mm-hmm. people even at some of the events. You know, um, yeah. I, I know that I have talked to a few um, other black atheists, and they, they said that they would like. Um, you know, more interest in things that are community service based and things that tap into what their needs are within the community. You know? I mean, our people need uh, women's services and education. And, you know, I do applaud um, Black Skeptics of LA for providing scholarships for um, students that are in the foster care system and, you know, homeless students as well. Um, I think yeah. that we definitely need to see more of that. All right. All right. Now we're going to get, get a little bit more personal. Um, my next oh, no. question <laughs> is, do you believe that relationships between atheists and theists can work, and I mean romantic or sexual relationships? If you're currently in one of these relationships, please share some of the secrets to your success. Okay. Um I don't have any specific tips that I could suggest. Um, I do think that relationships between non-theists and theists can work. However, there are so many other variables beyond religious differences. I mean, um, there's several types of compatibility. I mean, everyone has different needs. I'm not sure how many people would choose to be alone if they had access to their desires, um, intellectually, emotionally, sexually, physically, etc. Um, I personally think that a truly religious, devout person would have some, fe- some definitely have some challenges with an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, but how exactly how to navigate through some of those um, those challenges, I don't know. I mean, our needs are so individual. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's a good answer. My next question, and I think we can, we all have our different Mario. responses to this. What did you say, what? Mario? I thought you were trying to. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, I think we all have our our own feelings on this, but I wanted to ask you: Do you think that religion is harmful to children? Why or why not? I believe and think that any religious person that condones harm to children through, I mean, abuse, neglect, or captivity because of their beliefs should be held accountable. You know, I I mean, I have personally met people who have been smacked or beaten for not sitting still in church. Um, those who, you know, there's people that I know have lived on communes and have been sexually molested and told to pray it away. It's just despicable and disgusting. Um they're defenseless. Um, yeah. I believe that children should have a choice. If if they don't want to be in that in that environment, they should have a right to to say no and not okay. be forced. I agree. I agree. That's, 
great um, answers, man. I am having a blast with this, man. You having a blast, man? <laughs> I'm having a great time. And actually, to piggyback off what Jen said, um, I feel that besides the things that could happen to children in in supervision environments, even if a child is raised in a moderate environment, um, you know, with moderate religion, I feel that teaching children not to reason or question or think critically from such a young age can actually stunt their mental development. I wish somebody would do a study on I this. I think so, too. I don't think, I really it's do. I think natural so too. for a child not to question things or to have right. a specific right. thing that you tell a child that they cannot question. Right, and exactly. it's, it's amazing that you 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 talk to you tell them from the outset, like I was saying earlier, that they're defective. You have a problem, and this is a cure. This, this book right here is your cure. I've known uh, uh, friends of mine who um, their parents found out they were gay, and the first thing they did was whip out the Bible and tell them to read the Bible, as though that's going to solve the issue and whatnot. Instead of embracing your child, you're telling them, no, there's something wrong with you. There's something I, I, supremely wrong with you that only a God can correct. What kind of what kind of person are you trying to create here? You There are so many contradictions just, though. You tell the child yeah. that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Then they're right. sinful from birth. Then that right. God cared about them so much that he knows every number of hairs on their heads. He knew them before they were in their mother's womb. But at the same time, he needs to fix all that is so incredibly irrevocably wrong with them. Like, what are right. you telling this child? Right. right. And I right. And just, just to speak to, just to speak to, like, my relationship with my parents, um, I believe that, I believe that my parents did the best they could with what they knew how to do and what had been passed down to them. So I, I don't believe that a lot of people are intentionally trying to harm their children and stunt their growth and, you know, um, damage their ability to reason and develop critical thinking skills. But the reality is it happens. You know, it definitely happens. I was I was fortunate to have parents who, you know, once I, you know, reached about, you know, 10, you know, they were pretty much like, you know, you don't have to believe as I do, but, you know, and it's going to be your choice. And at that point they didn't really um, push too hard about, you know, whether we attended or not, you know, and I'm I'm just very fortunate that I was I didn't have those um those parents that um are the monsters that I see that that um deny their children like health care and and um you know, all kinds of things. You know? Yeah. I'm glad to be alive. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I and I'm a parent myself. I'm you know I have a son, he's 19, and you know I raised him without um, any exposure to taking him to church outside of maybe a family event, weddings or a funeral. Um, I I didn't um, raise him in the church, and it it just from um, his influence from outside people, people that he was exposed to, um, he turned out to be a believer, you know, and I'm yeah. hoping that, I'm hope um, the best that I can do in that situation, I don't condemn him for it, we don't argue about it, um, but I do happen to uh, <laughs> uh, leave, uh, you know, I did lend him uh, Donald Wright's book and... <laughs> 
Um, well, I, I think I, I do. Around, like humanist, humanist magazines and things like that, and I just want him to. I just do. I just want him to explore and just make a um, an informed decision, you know, before he fully right. commits to it. And it's only been within the last two years that I've discovered that he was a believer. Ah, oh, I gotcha. Okay. Well, I think the well, idea of training up a child, you know, I, exactly. So, um, <laughs> end well, up, run um, with Nick, we please. have about five questions left, and we're halfway through the show already. So, I wanted to know if we had any callers. This would be a great time to take our callers. But uh, please keep it brief because we still want to hear what Jen has to say. So, you know, we want we want to fully get her a chance to fully get her answers out and everything like that. Thur, thur. Yeah. Don't you agree, M? I completely agree. Mhm. So, does anyone on the line and call three one zero nine eight two forty two seventy three to get through, and we will take your yeah. call. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, M? Though. Yes. Can I, all right, being being you know, uh, um, aren't Haitian, right? Yes. Um When when it was when um the earthquake and tsunami hit, was it Haiti? And mm-hmm. you have people like Pat Robinson, aka Supreme Dickhead Number One, saying that that was God's punishment for Haiti doing something or something like that, some or something like that. How did you feel about that? You know. I get asked that question a lot after the earthquake because the earthquake was pretty bad and then the aftershocks and, um, you know, the, everything else that happened, like the cholera epidemic, it was a really horrible situation all around. Um, and I wanted to be mad at Pat Robertson for saying that. However, um, A, Pat Robertson is batshit crazy and he says things like this all the time. <laughs> um, I just feel like he was singling out Haiti um, or anything like that because he he says crazy shit. Um, and the other reason why I was couldn't be very angry with him was because I heard religious Haitians saying the same thing. Every time there's a... No kid. The, even before the earthquake and all those deaths that happened as a result of the earthquake and the even more deaths happened as a result of the cholera epidemic, every time there was a, a hurricane or a tropical storm that hit Haiti, and let's be real, Haiti gets hit with uh, horrible hurricanes like every year, just bad location um, geographically, um, they would say things like, oh, um, which means um, God is doing a cleansing of all the evil mm. people or the corruptness on in mm. him. And basically blaming Haitians for what's happening to the island. It's like, we can't control this. This is a landmass. Nothing we do should be able to make the waters come and attack us or make the ground shake and, and kill us and ruin the structures. Um, and it's, that, it's, that, it's not just the religious mindset, but specifically the Catholic mindset where you are taught that every bad thing that happens to you is either a test from God to make you stronger or it's a punishment from God for something that you did or thought or thought about doing. Exactly. Um, it's it's really sad. Um, since like I said, um, in uh, past shows, not all religions are created equal, and Catholicism isn't the worst, but it's certainly up there with the worst as far as instilling a martyr complex and victim mentality within people. That's fucked up. Okay. 
Uh, what else do you got for Jen Taylor? All right. For Jen, um, how has your non-belief affected your happiness or your outlook on life? Do you think you are a happier person, a less happy person, a more optimistic, pessimistic, realist? How has it changed your frame of mind? My outlook on life has not changed or become enhanced due to this. I've, I am and have been a generally happy and optimistic person, you know, for the most part. You know, um, I don't, I, I never really fully um, embraced um, religion. You know, I didn't, didn't drink all the Kool Aid. You know, I just. <laughs> <laughs> From the standpoint of believing in an in a in an entity, but I but I was looked at it as this entity is is um you know entertained by by making us and watching us suffer. You know, I I, didn't, I never looked at it as oh you know I'm you know I was I was taught to you know be fearful. You know, or I've been told specifically have a healthy fear of God, and I'm like, what's healthy about fear, right? You know, and, you know, and trying to you know decipher that, and so I'm, I've been happy. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good without God. <laughs> awesome. 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 Now well, we got a. Uh, yeah, we have a caller. Uh, oh. Yep. Yep. All right, uh, four, four, three. Four, four, three. Yes, Yo. yes. I'm um, oh. an extreme bold black atheist. Who is this? I'm an extreme bold black atheist. That tells us what you are, not who you are. Okay. And I don't even own a Bible. And I won't own a Bible, and I won't uh, attend any divine events. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally against teaching God to kids, and they can't prove that God exists. I think they're doing harm to the kids. I think they're brainwashing them. And I was wondering guys believe a person can be religiously brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you for your question. Uh, what do you think, Jen? Can they be religiously brainwashed? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, you know, thank I've you. always felt some sort of way about brainwashing. I know you two think that it's a thing. And maybe it's because you were exposed to more charismatic communities like, um, you know, Baptist, Jehovah's Witness. Um, it was always my frame, or maybe I just wasn't as religious um, psychologically as I thought I was, even though I was very devout and I was always at church. My mentality is there's a part of a person that always knows, um, you know, how far they're willing to go for something, how much they're willing to sacrifice, what they're ready to do, not do, what they're ready to give up. And I think brainwashing or lying or being you know saying that you've been brainwashed by something um is a matter of allowing yourself first to become deeply psychologically dishonest 
um, by dishonest with yourself, intellectually dishonest with yourself. I think it, it takes you have to get to the place where you are lying to yourself on a consistent basis in order for any brainwashing to occur. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. You know, I also think it's you know it's it's a matter of you wanting so wholeheartedly to accept this that you just kind of you tune out from the reality of what your own eyes see and what your own experiences have taught you and assign a completely different explanation for it that is not really based in fact or logic. It's just you need a way to explain this or to pass blame or or something. I, I don't know. I mean, But it, it becomes a thing in which you can't even get from point A to point B without thanking God for doing it, even though if it wasn't for Ford designing the Model T and then improving the uh, um, uh, 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 assembly line and then everybody making this, uh, um, advancements in tires and metal and crumple zones and airbags and combustible engine and, and gasoline refinement and improved gas consumption. If nobody else had designed all that shit in the last hundred years, you would not have gotten to work the way you Mario, did. Mario, you know good and well that God is the one who gave him the knowledge to do that. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I remember I was on a show with Vita. Um, shout out to Vita Star. She has her own show on um, Black Free Thinkers. It comes on every other Thursday, and she'll be on next Thursday, um, 7 p.m. Um, um, to me, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But anyway, we, I was on the show with her, and she was telling me about this family. This their second child died due to their belief in faith healing. One child already died. The second child died of diarrhea. After the death of two ch- of children, the judge finally decided to file charges against them for second-degree um, murder and take their other five children away from them. Now, Damn. I could think it might be brainwashing with the first child, but but after your prayers failed and your first child died, I'm just seeing the second child's death as a result of you choosing your religion over your child. And people were like, oh, no, you don't know how brainwashing works, but I don't even have to have a child to know that I would never let that happen to anyone's child. It doesn't have to be my child. Anyone's child doesn't have to be a child left in my care. If I'm around that child and that child needs medical assistance, they're going to get it, period. I'm seeing this as an example of these people choosing to put their belief over their child's well-being. And other people didn't see it that way. They said, oh, these people have been brainwashed, have been brainwashed, blah, 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 blah. And my mindset was this doesn't hold up after one child already died from your stupidity. It just doesn't anymore. And this is what, why I was asking the question about religious harm to children. You know, there's a logical harm and stuff like that, but there's real physical harm in these religions, and all these faith-healing cults, it's always the children that are the victims of this stupidity. Right. 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 I've all never right, heard cool. of an adult that died um, from, you know, praying something like diarrhea away. You know, there are adults all over the world trying to pray diseases like AIDS or cancer away. But, you know, I haven't heard of an adult dying of diarrhea or tonsillitis or appendicitis because they were too busy praying away. And then how right. about the people who, who think they could pray something away, but yet they have health insurance? 
Cancel your publisher. Exactly. I said the same thing. If you really really feel like this is going to happen for you and, you know, oh, well, you know, when it works, when it doesn't work out, oh, I was being tested. It wasn't my time. When it does work out, Mm -hmm. you know, um, less than highly favored when, you know, you're really um, delusional and your Kool-Aid is highly flavored, you know, it's not (laughs) – Less than highly favored has got to be one of the most arrogant, condescending statements I've ever heard. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It, 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 you know, and it's. I mean, tell that to the tell that to starving children. Before, right? I am down and out, and down on, and down and out. I'm hungry. You know, feed me. For every time someone says I'm going to pray for you, open up your wallet and feed someone. I can't even tell you how many times I've. I've I've driven, I've seen people, you know, homeless, and you know, people could be waiting for dressed all well to do, ready to go to church, and then uh, you know, totally ignore the person that's that's there that's obviously down on their luck, you know, or or you know, down and out, you know, like and, exactly. and you're gonna go and you're gonna go to you're gonna go to these institutions and throw your money into a plate. You know, when right. your fellow man is right next to you. Exactly. I sit there and watch I mean, those videos like that Tyler Perry thing. Even if you believe in, in tithing and things, tithe, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to give it to um, the building fund, you know, for the building that may or may not be built and the gators that pastor's wearing and that, that brand new church. Give it to your fellow man. You know, we have you know, starving and, and that's, children. That's have, I mean, thing. I I work in, I work in, I work in a situation, like I work in an area. One of the assignments that I, you know, I've worked in was is within, uh, you know, um, Camden, New Jersey, which, in my opinion, is parts of it are like a third world country. We have people that are suffering down the street next door in our own backyards and and we're doing nothing for these people. You know, and that's how right. I think that I think that our 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 movement should be very vocal about being out there front and center and saying, look, I don't I don't believe in I don't believe in in a in a God or gods, whatever, but I do believe that I should do something for humanity and for and for um my fellow man and we should stand up and do that. And I like I like what um Foundation Beyond Belief is doing and you know, um some of the humanist networks that are out there that are, you know, actually out there and, and trying to, you know, raise funds and help and assist. And um, you know, at least once a quarter I I donate or if not if not money, my time to some to some organization in order to help our community. I think that's really admirable. Um I think yeah, that, exactly. you know, more of us should make an effort to do things like that. Thank you for saying that too, because it actually leads into my next question. Um are there any things that you've experienced within the atheist or secular community that have disappointed or bothered you and how could we go about remedying those negative aspects? I I have been disappointed that so many of us are not vocal. 
you know, I think it's improving. I think that, you know, I mean, we definitely have people that are in these roles that are active in the active in the community and you know, I I just don't want people to you know, coast through life thinking that that community service worker or that person who served you in a soup kitchen or that person who gave you legal counsel, you know, they got they got this this gift to give you from God, you know. I want some of these people in these service positions to actually stand up and say, look, I'm helping you because this is the right thing to do, not because I I got this gift from a God. It's because I genuinely care. Yeah, I think, That's you know, great. I, I've wanted to, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I wish that more people would not only give credit and blame um, to their fellow human beings, but to themselves as well. Right. Right. We, you know, we, um, we, need, I, I, we, need, we need more, we need more, you know, uh, education, more, you know, scholarships, legal help, counseling, you know, alternative treatment for substance and alcohol abuse. I mean, that would be a great thing. And I would love to see more of us non-believers stand up and bond together and make some of those things happen for our community. Yeah, I agree. Alrighty, my next question is, what do you feel is the best um, avenue in, in, or opportunity um, for which atheism, secularism, humanism has a chance to grow and become less of a minority? Um, I know you mentioned something earlier about the political arena. Um, do you think that would be the best way for us to, you know, kind of put ourselves out there and grow our numbers and kind of coax people out of the atheist closet? Well, I don't believe there is one catch-all solution. Um, I mean, it's definitely, we definitely need the social aspect. We definitely need um, someone that, uh, like people that are interested in our psychological and mental well-being. Um, we definitely we definitely need to be more involved in in politics. I mean, it's it's a it should be a, a an approach that that just comes from different angles. I mean, look at one look at a person and think what what are all the things that this person could possibly need, and how can we in the atheist community help to bridge the gap and provide those things? Or if we are currently doing it. You know, look at ourselves and decide and and think. You know, why aren't we saying we don't believe and we're helping because this is what we're supposed to do? Okay. Um, what role do you feel that women specifically um, play in, or or should play, or can play in helping to expand and enrich the free thought community? Well. Although this is not a gender-specific movement, I do um, feel very proud of the progressiveness and the initiatives um, of, you know, like dynamic women like um, Dr. Sakibu Hutchinson, you know, founder of Black uh, Skeptics of L.A., and Jamila Bay, you know, I saw her speak um, 
at our Pennsylvania State uh, Atheist Humanist Convention, a dynamic woman. I mean, uh, I she came out to support at the um, Blackout Secular Rally as well. Um, Margaret Downey, you know, founder of the Free Thought Society, and she's also a um, secular um, humanist officiant. So she actually is someone that um, can perform, like, weddings and, you know, funerals and and things like, or memorial services and things of that sort. Um, A.J. Johnson, you know, um, co-founder of Be Secular. Um, uh, one person that I've met and interacted with personally, um, Amanda, Amanda Neath. Um, she's the managing director and in-house counsel for um, American Atheists, and she wrote a, um, a great book called... Um, citizen lobbyists, you know, and, it, and just last week I we, I went to a um, one of the meetups and she came out to speak and talked about how we can lobby for um, specific things that we'd like to see in our community and, and talk to us about how we need to be heard and, and communicate with our um, political um, leaders in our community. And, I mean, that's something that's important directly important to me. Um, Janice Rail, um, Janice Rail, um, founder and vice president of uh, the Delaware Valley chapter of uh, Americans for Separation of Church and State. And she's also someone who's very strong in, the, in our area with um, the, um, the uh, LGBTQ um, uh, movement as well. Um, she hosts rallies. In fact, we have one tomorrow. Um, there's Debbie Goddard, director for African Americans for Humanism, mm-hmm. Ayanna Watson, Black Atheists of America, Andisa Thomas, Black Nonbelievers. I mean, there are mm-hmm. so many that are out there that I am just, you know, happy to have them, you know, out there, I mean, and they have different approaches in how they want to um, share, you know, with the community or engage the community. And I'm just, I'm just glad that they're out there today and every day, supporting and, and supporting and encouraging the free thought movement. And I personally, I'm looking forward to becoming, you know, more of more of an activist within the atheist community. Um, in fact. Um, Madison Atheist is having a, on October 5th, having a Ask an Atheist event. So I'm going to be a part of that. So they have a, they have a booth uh, set up and people are going to ask away. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> in the North Jersey, uh, predominantly Caucasian area, it's going to be interesting for them to see a, um, a proud black female atheist there answering some of their questions. But I am so happy and proud that they are um, open to and, and have invited me and embraced me and and wanted me to be a part of it. Um, I'm also looking forward to being a part of the Coalition of Reason in this in this area. You know, um, you know, and and hosting more hosting more events. Um, a lot of what I try to do is try to bridge some of the bridge some of the um, the gaps between our organizations, like if I like attending some of the, um, you know, Philadelphia atheist events, you know, I'm going to post that event for 
you know, the black atheists of Philadelphia to attend. When I have separation of church and state meetings, I post it for the black atheists of Philadelphia to attend. Um, the only the only way we could bridge that gap is for us to be out there and to be to be willing to be seen and to be heard, and we're not going away. Awesome. Exactly. You know, that was that was uh, that was that was that was an amazing uh, statement which you just made because I don't we're not going away. I mean, the movement is so firmly entrenched, and you're gonna have to, people are gonna have to accept that there are people out there who have different viewpoints, do not need God to survive or to raise their kids properly or make it through their day or um, to accomplish any task in their life. They're they're going through the same shit you're going through and still surviving and um, thriving, thriving and living productive lives. I mean, you know. Right. I am just regular, I am just regular, uh, Gentiler, atheist. I mean, I right. I am the average person you see out there, you know, <laughs> in your day to day comings and goings, you know. Um there is there is um I mean, I'm not doing what I'm doing to, you know, specifically make a name for myself. I'm doing it because it needs to be done. I'm doing it because um it's important that we speak out and it's important that I engage those that are uncomfortable with with being out and, you know, be a resource or be an assistance or be a help to them and, you know, a shoulder to lean on if need be. And I am willing to do it. That's great. Our very last question of the night, and this is just for giggles and fun, Um, (laughs) it's a two-part question. If you had the choice to eradicate and completely remove all traces of one religion in the world, which religion would it be? And the second part is, um, out of all the religions that we have currently that you are aware of, which do you think is going to become myth first? You know, whether it takes 10 years or 100 years, which of these religions do you think people are just generally going to fall away from in droves first? And it's going to, you know, be up there... In, on the history shelves with, like, Greek mythology or something? Well, I don't, I don't think it's going away. I don't, I don't think it's going away, and I can't think of um, a, specific, a specific religion that I would say, oh, well, you know, completely, you know, like something that's on my, my top list. What I do, what I would like to see is for us to, 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 um, be accepted in in society and not be discriminated against and not be threatened and not feel not make us to feel like we're going to lose our jobs or you know we're going to be alienated from our family members i think that's the bigger issue you know mm-hmm. being included in society and not an outcast I agree. awesome awesome uh, well you know you know what this has been an awesome interview and discussion with an amazing an amazing woman who um I know quite well and everything and you know, seeing the seeing how secularists I know I didn't say that right, of color, are getting out there and we're 
making these strides and bridging these gaps and uniting these communities and these thoughts and these ideas and bringing more for, make bringing more of us out into the open and showing that hey we're here and we're living normal lives and we're not guilting ourselves into believing something we don't need to believe to do it. I'm loving that. And with Jen, thank that you so mind, much for this interview. Thank you. It's been a pleasure right. having you on the show. It's been really, really great. And Mara and I have enjoyed the discussion and, and your answers are great, phenomenal. I enjoy awesome. being on the show. Thank you so much. I feel so honored that you would have regular, you know, average Jen Taylor atheist on the show. Amazing. Well, you know, um, well, you know, and you guys I'm are pretty amazing out. too. I mean, I've been listening to the show for, you know, a couple of years, and you know, I just appreciate that you are all there as a part of. Uh, you know, the Black Freethinkers family and being that voice out there. There aren't many of us out there that are doing um, podcasts and, and shows. I mean, and I, I'd like to see diversity in that as well. Awesome. 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 Well, Thank on, behalf so of the BF, on behalf of the BST uh, um, uh, network and whatnot um, and all the black secular groups there, there are um, – that we have about and everything. I'd like to thank Jen Taylor for coming on the show. Check her out um, at uh, uh, Black Atheists of Philadelphia, the group, the meetup page, Facebook group as well. Um, look for them, especially in the, uh, don't you have an affiliation with American, I mean African-American for, for uh, humanism and whatnot? There is Am I a, correct about well, that? Through the African... Uh, through the African Americans for Humanist page, through that through that page, there is a link to our Facebook group as well. Right. Awesome. Cool. Uh, stay tuned for your BFT family. The normal show, uh, Kim show, will be on Sunday. Uh, Alfred, uh, I mean uh, Alfred, and um, I think Father Father Teresa, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with the backbeat, Rana's RSS feed, Be the Stars. Uh, uh, what's the name of the show again, M? Um, on Blast is Vita Star, and she's on every so. other Thursday. She will be on right. this coming Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right, right. Stay tuned to our pages. We post the links all the time to let you know what's coming up. M, you got anything you want to say? Um, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Thank you, Jen, for agreeing to be on our show. It was lovely to have you. And we will be back in two weeks with a fittingly, um, hilariously horrifying topic for the month of October. We're going to have two shows in October, and they are going to be awesome. Mario ran the idea of um, discussing our favorite horror flicks, and I think that might be the topic of our show in two weeks. So please tune in two weeks from now, Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Have a great night, everyone.
Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth is not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best to listen to. Reason, science, and skepticism. It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope. She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat. Humans are hilarious, and every other Friday, I'd like to hear commentary on culture, people. So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline to discuss why we're capable of ultra evil. It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street, but if there's collisions, well, then you got to just mention it. And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead. Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance. When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop, so can Paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates around yeah. This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through Black where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state because it's not quite safe. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.